Welcome to the Autism and Neurodiversity Podcast. We're here to bring you helpful information from leading experts and give you effective tools and support. I'm Jason Grigla, a licensed counselor and founder of Techie for Life, a specialized mentoring program for neurodiverse young adults. And I'm Debbie Grigla, a certified life coach. And maybe most importantly, we're also parents to our own atypical young adults. Friends, hello. So today I've got Jason with me. Hello, we are here on a wonderful day. I'm here with the love of my life, Debbie, on our 27th anniversary. So it's a great day and we're celebrating uh, later today and tomorrow. But this morning, we wanted to connect with you together. Yeah, and we just got done with this really fun trip that we took our Techie for Life students on. We went to a place near Moab and we took our students river rafting on the Colorado River and just had an amazing time. And we were just talking about what some of the things that were that made this trip extra successful. Yeah, because past trips weren't as successful. You can imagine taking a bunch of neurodiverse students um, out outdoors into a new place, doing hard things with heat and bugs and dirt and unknowns. And it's usually a lot. Emotional units are spent pretty quick, uh, a lot of new things. And so in the past, we've had a lot, a lot of issues and problems with students, emotional, and I think shutting down and yeah, and this trip, we didn't have really any drama, and it, it just went very smoothly. Mm -hmm. And so we want to talk to you about one of the things that, that contributed to this being an extra um, successful trip, and and it's a, a very specific tool that we use all the time. Or, or we should be using if we want our lives to go better. Absolutely. Yeah. So front-loading is an intentional choice to share and give information and prepare someone for what's coming next. So I, I want to explain a little bit why front-loading is so important. So someone with a neurodiverse mind, especially autism, remember autism is, is a disability where they are focused on the self. Um, we've, we've, we've talked about that in other episodes, but for our autists and for all, most of our students, actually, they're not just focused on their self as a person, they're also focused on the moment right now in the present, like hyper-focused, laser-focused on what's happening right now in front of me, um, maybe around me, but completely in the present. Um, and that's that's how their brain works. It is hard for them to imagine things that happened in the past and remember and think about them. Um, they can remember memories, but to actually have cognitive insight into why something happened in the past, what happened, how it made them feel and all of those things are harder and it's hard for them to imagine the future and imagine what's coming and what it's going to be like and so their anxiety goes up the unknown for them is huge it, the unknown is this big black hole of fear anxiety what ifs and i think their brains naturally go to worst case scenarios mm -hmm. in that unknown mm -hmm. very imaginative of all the possible terrifying outcomes. Yeah, and even if they don't actually imagine things going wrong, they don't know what's happening and that's scary. Just the unknown yeah. is scary. So it's a big deal to not know what's happening in the future. One of the things that, that I that it makes me think of is when we would take um, our son Lee to a parade and Lee would be 
so hyper-focused on one thing in front of him that he would miss the float before the float after like maybe it was animals and he would just say there's there's dogs they're cute or look at the horses and he would just see the horses not the clowns not the water being sprayed not who's on the float or why and that was he was so in the moment present on that until something grabbed his attention or he got bored and then he would switch gears not because he he felt like okay i would like to look at everything else as well i don't want to miss anything it was more like something came along that was more shiny or he got bored of looking at the animals and so he looked for something else that would help him in the moment feel the most happy have the most fun be the most um comfortable nurturing consistent safe familiar and that's what our students tend to go to and that's what that's what they need is that consistency and that safety and so maybe the horse would be in front of him in the parade and then someone coming along with candy would throw it and they'd be like oh candy you know shiny object they, they switch gears to the candy and then they become hyper focused on getting all the candy that they that they can and they don't even notice that they're they're 10 and they ran over and stole candy from a four-year-old that was trying to get the same candy because they're just not aware of what's going on behind them around them in front of them they just know there's candy i like candy i want candy it doesn't make them selfish innately but it definitely makes them self-focused and i like self-focused more than self-centered because most people that are neurodiverse have just as big of hearts and they can be just as kind and caring as anybody i don't see any difference in the normal population in that however they don't know how to show it they don't act on it as much but their hearts are there so mm -hmm. those are things that can be trained so th with the rest of us we're kind of sitting there watching the parade go by and we see the whole float we see the one before we we see we look down the road and we can kind of see where the float might be ending or the parade might be ending and coming and going but man that hyper focus on right now in the present moment what's going on is so in their brain it's hardwired it's physiological it's not a choice they make they're not trying to be um, obsessive or ignore the other aspects it's just laser focus attention which can be good and can be bad but that's where they're at um, and if it seems like they're able to switch gears it's not because they're thinking of the future and what they need to be doing it's because they got bored or they wanted something more interesting um, or something reminded them that they want to avoid a problem like getting in trouble but that's why parents come in and they get so frustrated or i get frustrated if they're still doing the same thing and i've asked them three times to do something different or to get up or to get off the screen or to get a job done um, they really are focused in the moment so strongly that it's hard to pull them away and transition and to transition. the next uh, next right. thing yeah. because they don't naturally think of the next thing well at all Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to jump in and give you some specifics for how to actually front load with your kiddos and some things that we've learned over the years in this process. We used to actually avoid telling our son when something was coming up because he would get so anxious and excited and hyper and like worked up about it that we're like, oh, we can't tell him until right before. And because he and, couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah, it was just too much, right? And all he would talk about is that thing that was coming up. And unfortunately, that was not front-loading if we did tell him something was coming up because we were just telling him it. And then, that, hey, tomorrow we're going on a trip or next week we're going to Disneyland or... Yeah, but not enough detail. We didn't do what we're going to teach you right now to prepare him yeah, for it. Front-loading is more than just giving information that something's coming. 
Right. So here's some things to keep in mind as you front load. So number one, I want you to think about what makes something a great experience for you and for your for your kiddo. And often what comes up is, oh, we have fun or maybe there's yummy treats or there's friends or just all these wonderful positive things that we might think about that make an experience great. But that's actually not what makes an, an experience great. What makes an experience great for us is our thoughts about the experience, our thoughts about the friends or about the food or about the different things. And we know this because the same treats could be there and someone's like, oh, I don't like those treats. Those are gross. And so they have negative thoughts about those treats where someone else is like, oh my gosh, we're going to have Twizzlers and soda and, and cake and ice cream and yum and, and have really happy, positive thoughts about those particular things in an experience. So what makes something a great experience is our thoughts about it. And so I love to prepare if, when I'm doing front loading and talk about what are some thoughts that we might have that might make this experience less than great. So when we prepared students to go on this trip to Moab, we talked about some of the, the unpleasant things, like just being honest and real about what are some of the things that we might have thoughts about, negative thoughts. And it was interesting to get very different, even opposite kinds of thoughts and things that they came up with that maybe I wouldn't even have thought of. But, you know, the typical would be it's going to be hot or it might be scary and unknown. There's going to be bugs. There's, you know, sleeping on the ground in a tent. It's going to um, be hard. The water will be cold. Yeah. What if I drowned? <laughs> I, I, no screens. <laughs> that right. was the one that came up. Um so what are some things that might make it thoughts that might make it less than great? And then we start talking about what are some thoughts you might have that might make it great? And some of them had thoughts about treats that might be there, um, getting to try something new. So when one person said doing something new was scary, someone else had a thought about it being exciting to do something new and different. Refreshing water, the cool water would could be refreshing. Um, getting to be out and away from the city and lots of people having water fights on the rafts was really scary for some and sounded really fun for others but it was usually an extreme one or the other it wasn't like oh that'll be all right that'll be cool yeah they kind of do they yeah so you're and this is so helpful to to have this conversation and front load with this kind of conversation because then it helps you actually see what are they thinking where are they at what might be possible problems or challenges for them. So it gives, as a parent or a mentor, it gives you such good information to, to be curious about what they think would be fun and what wouldn't be fun. And to be able to meet them there in it. And it was so interesting for them to even hear from each other what they thought would be hard or, or exciting. Yeah, the opposing ideas challenged their preconceived, oh, we, we're going river rafting. We're all going to get on the bandwagon that it's going to suck. And suddenly they realized, oh, other people have different thoughts. And now we're bringing it up. So it's not just predestined to fail. Yeah. And it's not just a fact that it's going <laughs> to. These suck. are just different kinds of thoughts that different right. people have. And I love that because so many, so often we try to fix or help or support or front load without the correct information because we just assume 
the things they're not looking forward to or the things we would assume they're not looking forward to. And sometimes we're so surprised when it's like, I'm excited to go river rafting, but I'm, I hate the drive. The drive there's, yeah. you know, it's four hours. I, I don't want to sit in a car for four hours. That sucks. I'd rather not go. And when that came up, it wasn't even a discussion piece until they said it. And we're like, oh, now how can we actually make that a better experience? Because if the drive is what sucks, let's fix it. Exactly. And so it's really helpful to show that this kind of an experience, any kind of experience that you're going into is an opportunity to practice making it what you want it to be. And if you know that the drive is something you're not looking forward to, then what can we do to make that more pleasant for you? Or, you know, maybe you make sure you have movies downloaded on your iPhone and you, or you have earbuds that you can listen to music and, and, you know, so it's knowing and knowing that any opportunity we have coming up is an opportunity to practice. We can make it whatever we want it to be. And it's actually okay if you have less than great thoughts about something. I think this is really important to give ourselves permission to, you know, there's going to be things that come up on this trip that I'm probably going to have negative thoughts about. And that's okay. That's part of the human experience. And then I take it a step further into part of what makes an experience an experience is the contrast. So being out in the hot sun and then getting to jump into the nice, cool, refreshing water in the river and hang there. That contrast is what it feels amazing. It's just that whole experience, right? And I, we talked about, you know, when you finally, when you get to, when you're out in the dirty and out camping and then you get back and you get to take a shower and oh my gosh, how good that shower is going to feel after you've been dirty and <laughs> dusty and all this and bug spray on you and sunscreens. And so the contrast is part of the experience. And when we're willing to open up to, to the both, right? The bugs and getting into a tent away from the bugs, being hungry, because you've exercised and worked out and swam and, and rode on a, on a ducky and on a raft and then getting to eat lunch and how good that food tasted when we would stop for lunch. Th that contrast is part of the experience. And when we open up to it, to all of it, that's where you're going to see a lot of growth and development and resilience being built when we prepare and know it's coming. So what, what I hear you not saying, I think is important is you're not saying that it's important to try to convince them to be excited about the things you're excited about. And I think that's one of the mistakes I made as a dad is how can you not be excited about going river rafting? I would have loved this chance. I never got to go river rafting growing up and Me neither. You get to go. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that, you know, I, I can't believe you're not just thrilled about it and here you are poo-pooing it. And how come you can't just be grateful or something, you know, and then that's making it all about me and it's not about me. So I love that you make it clear that it's okay for them to be where they're at and feel how they feel and also add some alternative thinking patterns and giving them some thoughts that they could actually have. Um, I do think it's wise to bring up, Hey, we are going river rafting in a few weeks and then let them sit with it and start to think and feel what they do. Cause if you ask them right then we're going river rafting, how do you feel about that? <laughs> They'll immediately give you the answer that sets them up for a, a stubborn. No, I'm not going. Um, a lot of times it's wise to say, Hey, we're going river rafting. and I want you to think about it. Um, I want to tell you all about it later, but I wanted to give you a heads up now, but let's talk about it, you know, tomorrow or in a, in a few days and then find out what they're actually thinking and feeling, give them a little bit of time to have some thoughts and fears and anxieties 
so that you can come in and, and better front load. So not like just that. tell them about the activity, but then plan intentionally on having that conversation. A, a stitch in time saves nine is a great metaphor for front loading. You can either say, well, they're going to have to learn to enjoy life and be normal in some way. So we're just going to go on the river rafting trip and they're going to have to suck it up and it'll go, it'll all goes. You actually can help them develop. And, and a great teacher doesn't just teach a lesson. They, they do things like look fors and here's what I want you to be thinking about. And they prep the class so that you get just that much more benefit and gain from the life experience than just going river rafting or teaching the lesson. So this is good teaching. This is good mentoring. This is developmental. This isn't, wow, my son or daughter is disabled, so I have to go through all this extra work because they're atypical. That's not it's not effective at all. And that's not what we're saying. Well, and I would say, and, and I say this all the time, anything that's effective for someone that's neurodiverse is going to be amazingly effective for someone that's neurotypical. Right. You know, so this is principles that work well for any child yep, or young person. To do this for, mm -hmm. your, for your neurotypicals that are excited to go anyway, imagine <laughs> what you can get out of it once you talk to them about being able to see the stars and, and find bugs and how fun it'll be to learn how to raft. And you can, you can magnify and multiply the experience by front loading and preparing and giving them things to anticipate. Well, and one of the things we did is Jason taught a life skill class and talked all about it and did front loading on it. And, and you did a lot with like the packing too, and just like preparing them for all mm -hmm. the different aspects. So we wanted to talk about, there's three areas. One, here's what's going to happen. Here's why it's going to happen. That was important. And the why for us was the students who wanted to go raise your hand. We're going on this river raft, rafting trip for you. And then all the people who didn't want to go were like, ah, why do we have to go? And then I said, okay, now all those who don't, who don't want to go on the river rafting trip, raise your hand. And they all, there was half of them that raised their hand enthusiastically against going river rafting. And I said, and we're going on this river rafting trip for you. And here's why. And we explained it for both. And the front loading was for them to learn new neural pathways that they can do new things, open up their horizons. And even if they never river raft again, if they learned how to do something new and out of their comfort zone, they will be able to transfer that skill, strength, and character um, characteristic to anything else they're going to need to do that's new. And I gave a bunch of examples that most of them couldn't argue with. Like someday you're going to date someone and you're going to be expected to go on a camping trip or a family trip or because you love the person, you're going to want to do new things with their family and their culture. And are you going to be capable of it without freaking out, having anxiety and refusing to go, which will really hurt your relationship with that family. So we talked about the why. So the what, the why, and then how. And that's what Debbie's talking about is with the thoughts. Yeah. And so then I hit the next day, I'm, I did front loading with it. And we talked about what are some of the thoughts you might have that are negative? What are some of the thoughts that you might have that are positive? And gave them the challenge that this river rafting trip was an opportunity for them to practice making it what they want it to be. And why not make it a great experience? Like, why not just decide ahead of time that this is going to be a great experience? And to own that and not feel yeah. like they're victims and forced to go on a trip that they don't want to go on. And to know that there's going to be other students that, that are going to have negative thoughts. And that's okay, too. Like, they're, you know, you're, we're all going to have the experience that we have. And we're going to have thoughts about things that we like, different parts of it and different parts we don't like. And I love the idea that to expect problems to come up. And then know that you can find solutions. 
Like just know that there's always going to be problems that come up in life and that we can find solutions or we can make adjustments or we can just think about them differently. And so this is such a useful tool to do with your kids. It's also super useful as a parent to do this front loading for yourself. What what are going to be my things as a parent going into an experience with my kids that are, what kind of thoughts am I going to have that are negative? What kind of thoughts am I going to have that might be positive? And what kind of experience do I want to have? And I can decide like I did for this trip that it was going to be super amazing no matter what happened. And if there was drama that came up, which this time there wasn't, but if there was, then, then that was still going to be amazing too. Like we were going to figure it out and and make it more interesting with drama. I don't know. I was decided that it was just going to be an amazing experience no matter what, because it's all learning experiences, which I love to see our students learning and growing. Even more than that for me was because I knew which students were struggling in which areas going on the trip. When we got out there and it came down to it's time to paddle the canoe or the, or the raft. And I knew they had very little physical resilience and endurance. I was able to say, dude, you are rocking it. I know how hard that is for you and I'm proud of you. But if I hadn't known where their struggle was, then I couldn't have reinforced it. And I connected better because I front loaded, gathered information and we planned it out and I got them to buy into it so they would do it. And then I, then there was evidence that they were trying and doing it so that I could reinforce the evidence instead of um, the student just sitting in the raft and refusing to paddle. Um, yeah. But because we front loaded and said, well, this is this is your challenge. You can decide whether it's going to suck or, or if it's all going to suck or which parts are going to suck. And you can try to change some things. What do you want to do and be different? How do you want to think differently this time? And I love that. That was my favorite part was connecting because of their negative thoughts about it and knowing what they were, knowing where their struggles were and sitting with them and being OK with that. I love that. And one of the things that was interesting, too, is we had a few students that were actually just, they were actually kind of almost manic in the beginning of the day and were really active and doing stuff. And then they just like pooped out. Like they were exhausted. They all of their emotional units by noon. And so they're on the raft, like hiding under an oar or like with a, you know, towel. a towel or something over their face, taking a nap. And I'm like, ah, they're missing these fun rapids and they're missing out. And I was feeling a little bad about it. Like, like I felt sad. Out, why are they missing out on this great experience oh. that we provided? And then Jason's like, well, it's because they spent all their energy. And he just pointed out like they're done. Like other kids on these other boats and other groups, there's none of them. Them were taking naps. But our kids, this was a lot for them. Yeah, there was no adults or teenagers in any other boats taking naps. But four or five of our students were. Yeah. And that was OK. It was OK. Because they really had done a lot that morning. And our job isn't to say you're not cutting it or measuring up. Our job is to help them do better, grow a little stronger, get a bigger backbone. It's not another failure just to realize that they are different. And that's where they were at. And then they they rested and then they were like then they were up for fun again. again. And, for I, and so then I was almost grateful they took a nap because they needed it. And Instead that was... of had we forced them to get up right. and paddle, it would have turned it negative. It would have pushed them too hard. And then they would have been miserable the rest of that night. Maybe punished us, which could have looked like running away and just saying, I'm out of here. I'm going to go on a walk through the desert, not thinking straight, not with any water or... Or they could have gotten tried to break something or got in a yeah. fight with someone else because they're already at their wits end and they're about yeah. to break or, and who knows? You, they never break in logical ways. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm like, 
Oh, I guess I could have seen that. No, I could not have seen that. <laughs> but then, of course, they did that. <laughs> yeah, of course. That <laughs> but, makes sense now. But couldn't anticipate it. Right. Yeah. So, and one of the other benefits of this is we have done this trip several years now. And so we knew, we've learned from each experience kind of what to expect, what's going to be hard for our students, what's not. And so as a parent, this the same goes for you. Each time you maybe take your kids grocery shopping with you, you're going to learn, okay, they can handle it for this long, or that I need to prep them for this or that. Every time I took Lee into a grocery store when he was nine and 10, even I had to say, okay, we're going into the grocery store. We keep our hands to ourselves. We don't touch things. We don't put them in our pockets. <laughs> Like I had to prep them all the way through and then we would have a good experience. But if I forgot to prep him, he would forget and he'd want to run through and grab stuff. And so you learn your kid, you learn through experience. And then each time you just get a little bit better at front loading and preparing right. and anticipating. I think most of you as parents or mentors or therapists know that front loading is important. I think we just really wanted you to understand that it's critical and why it's critical. Their brain isn't broken it's just different and they just see the moment they can't see the future it's hard for them to comprehend it we wouldn't expect someone who's disabled physically to be able to do something that they physically can't do and we can't expect our students to be better at imagining and preparing emotionally and intellectually because that's not how their brain works um, they can get better at it but they're never going to be naturals at it um, and that doesn't mean we should avoid hard things or new things it also means that sometimes they need some consistency to ref refuel. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they need, they need being pushed out of their comfort zones to grow and to stretch. And I have to say, it was interesting to watch. We had our group that had been front loaded in our life skills classes. And then we had a new student come at the end of the week, right before the trip. And he hadn't been prepared and so he was struggling a little bit in the morning and i saw our other students that had been prepared and they i could see them watching observing that he was struggling and i could see them wanting to lift him up and like they knew like they we had talked about this and prepared them they so were they highly were, aware of his discomfort which is yeah. you know flies in the face of the the myth that people who are neurodiverse or autists don't have empathy or they're not aware they definitely feed off of someone else's um, anxiety and or want to comfort and nurture someone that's not okay. Yeah. So it was neat to see that because they, they had that it gave them more awareness because we had front loaded about it. They were able to see it in each other when they were struggling. And I, I saw them be more patient than I think they probably would have been had they not anticipated that, Hey, some of us are going to have a hard time on this trip and that's okay. Like look, this is part of the experience. Look at the outcome. It could have either been another crisis trip that reinforced that I suck nature sucks doing anything besides my computer sucks i don't want to do hard things i suck at hard things i'm never going to get different i'm never going to change this is who i am i better own it or i have evidence now that i can do things that are out of my comfort zone i actually really liked these parts i didn't like that i connected i had friends i guess i can enjoy things i'm not as different as i thought i was it's not as black and white as i thought i was there is an area of growth in me and i i like who i am because of what i did and how i did it and we gave yeah. them that developmental experience because we front loaded not because we went on a river rafting trip right the river rafting trip could have been a nightmare yeah but our thoughts about it and our choices intentionally to front load and prepare them was the goal it wasn't to go on a river rafting trip it was to give them change opportunity growth
and every interaction, every experience, the, 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 when you start looking at it from this perspective of this is an opportunity to help mentor and guide and teach, every interaction we have, every experience is, is an opportunity for growth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the final cherry on the cake or cherry on the ice cream of Sunday at, at the end was when we we're getting in the vans and more than half of them said, thank you for bringing us on this trip instead of, I can't wait to get the heck out of here. I am never doing this again. And there, there was gratitude, which there is a gratitude. way of connecting. That's a huge piece for intimacy is appreciation. Um, so I love that. And I did see a lot of gratitude, even just as we went along, like someone would help someone with their tent or someone helped. They're not in crises. So their best no. parts of their brain is able to just be there and be okay. Yeah. So I hope you find this helpful. We'll, we'll, in future episodes, talk about how to front load for expectations around um, tasks and things like that. But what we wanted to hit today was that front loading on experiences, um, interactions, and not only front loading for our kiddos, but also, you know, doing a little bit of time to front load for ourselves. Like what problems might come up? How do I want this to go? How what do I want to think about it? Exactly. <laughs> And we prepped our staff for it. Like we did a lot of front loading with our staff even before we went. And we knew, <laughs> I've to add the one last thing too, like it's so important when you go on the river to have the right shoes and, you know, you've got to have water shoes. You've got to have a water canister. You, like there's some basic stuff. And we did a lot of front loading and our staff was amazing on making sure everybody had what they needed and, yep. and checking on it. And so, you know, it's just thinking ahead and that we know there's going to be problems that pop up. So what do we want to do about them? How do we want to address them? And, and, yeah, and we do need to have another episode on front loading for expectations for how to take out the trash or how to do jobs for hard things as well. It's a different topic, but it's the same topic. So, yeah. So we'll, a little we'll different, a little different take on it. And this does lead really well into um, the topic for that I have coming up with our, our TFL parents give you, give you a little shout out there for our, our TFL parent and supporter group. We've got our meeting Monday night on Zoom. This this topic, what we just talked about front loading is a big piece into what we're gonna be talking about on how to manage anxiety, help your kids with their anxiety. So we hope you have an amazing week. Jason and I are gonna have a really nice weekend getaway. Appreciate my husband planning something special for me and, and 27 years. It's yep. just flown by. <laughs> I just can't even hardly believe it. Yep. Thank you for sticking it out with me. <laughs> can't imagine sticking it out with anyone else. So have a great weekend and take care. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com. dot